It's Storm and Kieran bringing you the netballing moments that matter. This is Centre Pass in focus on SENZ. Just gone past 8pm here on SENZ, Centre Pass in focus. Just like that, the regular season is done and dusted and it was uh, once again a thriller. If you were listening last week, I was by myself and for the first time in three weeks, it's an absolute privilege to welcome back in <laughs> Stormy P, Storm Purvis. Welcome back. I forgot what this studio looked like. Obviously, the week before last, we had the flooding in Auckland, so we did it from home and um, yeah, I was away sick last week. So it's great to be back in your presence, Kez. Are you feeling better? Yeah, most importantly. Way better. Jeepers, yes. I better. Yep. This round's needy would have got you feeling a, a whole lot better as well. Let me tell well, you no, what it we got. exhausted me, to be honest. Well, let me settle you you're here and let me tell you what we got coming up on the show. We're going to go down to the coach's corner, thanks to our friends at Bedpost, helping Kiwis get a good night's sleep since 1991. Catch up with Kitty Wills, who was a bit of a weird round uh, for the Stars. They were relying on a few results, got a loss to the Mystics, but had a big celebration. So we'll talk about that in a little bit more depth with her in a little bit. Uh, I think we're going to do this, the final Storms team of the week. And I've had a quick little cordial with uh, producer Ben back there in the booth. And uh, it's it's looking one way, but I'll leave that up to you loyal listeners. I think you know who it is. Uh, it's, it <laughs> tends to be a, a classic reign uh, of, of superstars. So we're going to go through all that. Uh, let you know three teams are now gone from the competition, which nails things down. We're going to see the elimination final this weekend. The Pulse and the Stars. The Mystics go through with a week off heading to the grand final. All that and more coming up on Centre Pass and Focus tonight. Double eight, double three if you wish to get involved in the conversation. Or 800 if you do wish to call any time. Let us know. Let's have a call at all. But Storm, let's drip straight into it. We're going to address it. The three teams that are gone now. The tactics, the magic, and the steel. I think we sort of could have let off the the steel and the magic by around round eight. Definitely the steel's case. Mm -hmm. Uh, My apologies. It's been a horrible year. Let's not dwell on it. This week is all about celebrations. But the tactics, finishing the regular season in fourth. They went to extra time last night, but they almost had to do the impossible, didn't they? And, And going into last night's game against the Mystics, having to win that game by 12, Mm. uh, let alone beat uh, the top of the table Mystics, win by 12, it was near impossible. Did you ever have any hope that they'd get it done? I did a little bit, but I'll tell you why I did. I was thinking, what do the Mystics gain from this game? They are into the final already. They've secured a home final. Uh, Well, it's actually going to be in Hamilton, but they're they're there. They don't have to play the elimination final. This game is a waste of time for them. They've got players who are probably exhausted, could probably do with a bit of a break because they played, obviously, the day before. Um, So I was thinking, why don't you rest Grace Mickey a little bit, rest Solu Fitzpatrick a little bit. But it would look bad if you didn't start any of those players because Mm. then you're kind of manipulating the competition because, yes, as you said, Kez, and as we all knew, the tactics had to win that match by at least 12 to go through. And you'd want for the good and the integrity of the competition, and I think Sulu even used the word integrity in her post-match speech, you want it to be an even match, an even playing field. So I was kind of thinking, like, if the Mystics decided to rest some players and the tactics continued to build on this momentum they had been um, sort of building over the last couple of rounds, then maybe it could happen. Like, stranger Mm. things have happened. Um, But, I don't know, three minutes into that first quarter, what was it, 6-1 to the Mystics to start? Uh, It was kind of all over over for me there, because even if they 
did take some of their stars off in the second half, which they didn't do. Um, I think that kind of lead would just be too hard to um, sort of eat into, knowing that you had to turn it around to not only just a win, but a win by at least 12. So I don't know. I don't know whether it was my own sort of, I am a star supporter, as we know, whether it was my <laughs> nerves leading into the match, thinking, yeah. oh my God, like tactics could maybe do this. Like I'm feeding off the nerves of some of the stars players that I had talked to. But looking back in hindsight, yeah, it was a huge ask and they were probably never going to do it. <laughs> it was a really stressful weekend. Not only did they, they played top of the table twice actually, because playing the uh, the Pulse on Saturday night, they were top of the table as it stood, which is uh, not an easy weekend at all, doing the near impossible. But unfortunately the tactics do go out. And, and just going back as well, while I remember, during that Pulse game, we saw a suspension. Yes, Paris I know. Paris got taken off court for two minutes. I couldn't believe it. We finally got the warning, caution, warning, second warning, third warning, slap on the wrist, and then you're gone. It finally happened. It was it was almost shell-shocking to me. We haven't seen that for quite a while. It's always the wing Ds. Yes. I, I mean, I guess they are the ones who get infringed on the circle edge a lot. They, you know, it's easy for them to do the little niggly ones or the, what do they call them, persistent, uh, you know, contacts, persistent breaking, deliberate, blah, blah, blah. Those are the ones that get the umpires looking. So poor old Paris Locker too. Had a wee stint on the bench, didn't make a difference for the uh, tank dicks, still getting that nine goal win. Uh, but that whole game was pretty wild to kick off round 12, which we knew was going to be an exciting 12. Uh, the tactics even winning by nine against, like you say, top of the table pulse without Jane Watson for three quarters of the mm. game. Kate Lloyd really stepped up. The game was weird from uh, the pulse attacking end. Tiana Maturo was on two from two, I think, at halftime. Yep. Finished the game five from five. It was just a really strange game, and um, but a great game in terms of the tactics because we finally saw Laura Malcolm, Kimiota Poi really, really standing up in that attacking end. And yeah, I, to be fair, at that point I was getting really nervous for the Stars because prior to that, the tactics um, were going to need to beat the Pulse, uh, beat the Mystics, sorry, to make it through. Obviously the Stars spoiled that with their bonus point loss over the Mystics the next day. So, so much to unpack from yeah. this round, you know. <laughs> like you're oh. probably struggling to keep up if you're listening right now and how the uh, how it all worked in terms of who needed what. Uh, but it was an exciting round to finish off the, the regular season for sure. Yeah, we got centre table off the, the sliding yeah. uh, goal, goal for, goal against, what was going to happen throughout the weekend, I just couldn't keep up. So no. I was, I was uh, trusting the old faith, faithful Sky team there. But uh, going on to another exciting game, which had a few sad things wrapped into it. I am talking uh, the Magic versus the Steel. The Steel were looking to get their first win of the season and the Magic uh, were looking to get Bailey Mezes' last win uh, of her uh, career, which is which is unbelievable to say, uh, an amazing career in both uh, the black dress, the blue dress, the red dress, the and, <laughs> and the black dress again. Uh, but but it came as a shock to me, Storm, uh, during the the post match when uh, Bailey was meant to have her presentation. We saw Claire Kirsten standing alongside of her, and I didn't want to believe it at first, but it, it is true. Claire Kirsten as well. Uh, has retired from ANZ Premiership Netball. So still putting a hand up uh, for selection for that black dress. But Storm, how much of a shock did that come to you? Yeah, huge shock. Um, it took me a while to kind of click what was going on too. And it wasn't until a few days later when we got the press release stating that, yes, Claire is retiring from domestic uh, netball, but is still, you know, her hat's still in the ring for yeah. uh, Silver Fern commitments, which is quite interesting. You normally see it the other way around with netball retirements. And obviously, when Bailey Mears announced her retirement last week, 
it was, you know, no to everything. So you start wondering, like, has anyone been shoulder tapped here? What's going on that one's retiring completely and one's keeping the door open? And, you know, we've talked about the mid-court complications in terms of selection for the Silver Ferns heading into South Africa. There's just so many people putting their hands up. Claire Kirsten, I guess she's part of that equation. And, and you know, does she just want one final hurrah or at least the uh, option or, you know, opportunity to, to be in the black dress one more time? Who knows? Obviously for Bailey, that's just not the case. And we know for Bailey, it also comes down to her knee injuries and, you know, her body not really keeping up anymore. I think for Claire Kirsten, it's more a case of the mind and just being ready to step aside. So, you know, so many different um, things we could pick apart there or kind of speculate on. But really, really sad to see two absolute legends of our game and two incredible people. I mean, you have seen her Bailey well. Yes. Um, Claire is just one of the best in terms of just being a real good sort off the court as well. And they're two super close. I mean, they're like nearly best friends themselves. So it was a really, really emotional moment seeing the hucker that Magic did. Sammy Winders jumped in there too. Um, great send off for those for those two Magic ladies. Very sad for the steal though. <laughs> yes, yes, the steal uh, do finish the season. No wins, 15 losses. But I think we can we can look at this uh, from that point of view and, and look at the scoreboard, but I'm still taking away the positives. They had the, the worst luck uh, with George Fisher, the gift of life uh, with Shannon Saunders. So I think they're going to be firing next year. I'm not saying they're going to go all the way and do the right thing, but I think these young, exciting players that they've had, the uh, Heffernan twins, the Saviour Tuis, uh, or you can look all, all across. And some one player I think gets quite overlooked, Kate Burley as well. Don't forget she is still uh, down there. So really excited to see where these three teams uh, go moving forward into next season. But... I think let's park the bus now and we'll have a little uh, wrap-up next week as we do hit the grand final. But let's have a little focus on the top three teams. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with the head coach of the Stars, Kitty Wills. We'll be back in a sec. Welcome back into Centre Pass. It is uh, quarter past eight here on SENZ and it's time to go down to the coach's corner. Inside the locker room, it's time to head to the coaching corner. Yes, the grand return of the Coach's Corner and we are catching up with Kitty Wills, the head coach of the Stars and we are here thanks to Vertical Logistics, your freight and logistics specialist. Kitty, welcome to the show. Uh, Last night, uh, I know you weren't playing but there was a chance that the tactics could do the impossible, beat the Mystics by 12. How stressful was last night for you and how relieved were you this morning? (laughs) Hey, yeah, look, we got together and watched it because I don't think I could have watched it on my own and I... I did say at one point to the girls, I'm actually way more nervous about that game last night than any game that I've sat on this season with my own team. I think it's because things weren't... Well, we did as much as we could to make it in our control, but at the end of the day, you're relying on another team, and and that's not not the greatest feeling in the world. So I just wanted it to be 9.30 and to be done with it and to know where we were at. So very, very excited. it was a great game to watch, but we were just watching that scoreline. Well, Kiz, I mean, how much more stressful would it have been if you hadn't got the bonus point uh, the day before and it was just would have just come down to a tactics win? Uh, how much did you talk about the need for a bonus point prior to that game or did it kind of come up as the game went on and you realised you were kind of falling behind and was it part of your quarter time and half time chats? No, we, um, I mean, the maths, all weekend were just to get people to understand exactly what that weekend was bringing was discussed in quite 
good depth. And um, I've said to the team, if we win, we put ourselves through and there's nothing that the tactics can do about it. But at the very, very least, we, we need to get that one-point bonus because um, that puts us three ahead. And then it goes back down to goal percentage and goal differential if they win. And we kind of backed our um, goal differential and our goal percentage because we'd had some massive scores early in the season to help give us a bit of a buffer. So it meant that the tactics did have to win by 12. And, and that was a little bit of a comfort going in. But... Yeah, I, I've come to realise that if I want a team to, to win, help us out, they never do. So finally last night, the mystics answered my prayers. <laughs> Least they could do is, you know, your sister across the bridge. <laughs> um, let yeah. me take you back to the last three minutes of that game against the mystics, though, because you were down by 10 and then somehow scored the last five goals of the game. What do you remember from those moments? I just remember thinking we have to change something defensively because we're not getting any ball. And I, I made the changes in the DN, not because anyone was doing anything wrong. I just thought, well, we're trying as hard as we can, but maybe just a change of personnel will change the feel for the Mystics. And, um, and, it, and it worked, and they made errors that they hadn't made previously in the game, and then we capitalised on it. I... I feel like if we get the turnovers, we can we can actually score. I was pretty disappointed in our turnover score rate in the first half of the game, and the halftime chat was basically about that, that it is so hard to get the ball off the Mystics, and any ball that we do get, we must score it. Um, so then I think we t- went from a 29% um, turnover to score rate to a 100% turnover to score rate in the second half. So... Um, Look, we know we're capable of those things, and I think, I think to be fair, Sulu and Phoenix did a really good job on shutting down Maya. It was probably one of the quietest games of the season, but thankfully, Amorangi stepped up. Yeah, well, that was definitely something I wanted to ask in this chat because, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, Sulu did her homework on how to take Maya out of the game. And it was, um, you know, for the second game in a row against the Mystics that Amor has stepped up and been so great in those critical moments. Where has that come from, from your point of view, obviously, coaching her this season? Look, I think Amor's always been capable of it. Her shot, I, I remember watching her as a school kid for St. Kennegan College and She's always been a really great shot. I think um, we had a little bit of tough love with her pre-season because I think the errors and the missed shots started to come when she became tired last season. So she's worked really, really hard. She's had a solid pre-season. She hasn't missed... Um, I think she hasn't missed a training. She's a resilient person in terms of her health and her fitness. So she comes to everything. And I think that consistency has really paid off for her and all her hard work. Kitty, looking ahead now, we've snagged the, the third spot. You can have a breather there. Now we look ahead uh, to the weekend. It is a grand final rematch. And just looking at uh, your guys' performances against the Pulse, uh, last time you matched up was uh, in round eight, the 64-62 loss. How much do you think you guys have learnt from that and uh, how are you looking to take on the fight? Well, I think um, they play a lot differently and, and you guys will have heard from everybody that they do play a different style of game to the rest of the teams in the competition. But I think that we've got better at dealing with that. And I I think that game was the one that I was most disappointed in because if we'd have made that win, we wouldn't have been in the position we were in last night hoping for the Mystics to win. 
Um, it's about dealing with the physicality. They are much harder on the body. Uh, they try to take out your wing attack and goal attack. They're not really interested in the ball. They just want to shut you down. So we did a lot of homework in that 64 to 62 loss around how we were going to deal with that. And I think my players are in a much better headspace around it and what the skill set is to beat that. So we're looking... I think we're going to match up really well. I don't see it being like last year's grand final. I think they taught us a massive lesson at the end of last season and we've come a long way since then. And the other thing that we were laughing about was we're quite glad it's in Porirua. We do have a little bit of PTSD from um, <laughs> PSB Arena, so we're quite glad to be moving away from there and looking at it with fresh eyes and a fresh opportunity to have another crack at them, and we're looking forward to it. Well, dare I bring up the 2019 grand final in Porirua as well, kids? Because I, you know, I was going to mention it is another final series game against the Pulse at home for the Pulse. I mean, what kind of emotion and memory has that stirred within the team? Well, I think um, if I look at the team that was there then when you were in there, Stormy, there's me, you, Mila, Maya, Holly. I think, and that's it. I think the rest of them are going to be new blood. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, it's still there, but we were um, we were abject underdogs that year. Nobody expected us to even be in the final. And then we took them to four goals. And I think, I mean, you were out there that last quarter. I don't think either team gave away any ball. And we just went at it goal for goal. And it was a lot like that Mystics um, extra time game where team, the teams were so frugal with possession that it made it really difficult for defenders. I think we've got to start our games like that. I think we've got to start with that pressure and intensity on our centre pass to score stats so that we're not relying on the back end of the game to put that pressure on. And from there, our defence builds because it starts to make the other team a little bit anxious. Um, but, I, yeah, I, while I was gutted we didn't win that game, back then, Storm, it wasn't quite the spanking <laughs> that we got last year. Last year very hard to take. We felt like we didn't even front. At least in that 2019 final we came, we played our guts out and I think our previous margins against them, the Pulse that year were massive and we closed a huge gap to be competitive. So yes we lost but I was pretty proud of how we did that whereas last year I was kind of, we were a bit shell shocked and um, had to do a lot of soul searching after that one. God, I mean, yeah, 2019 does feel like a lifetime ago. I will give you that, but um, nice to relive <laughs> it with you for a bit there, kids. Um, I, yeah. I want to talk about your defensive end. I, I'm like, proud of you guys, Stormy. Oh, I'm proud of you. stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping the girls can do something similar, but get the win this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about your defensive yeah. end because you've mentioned that a bit. Um, Simone Nathan, I feel like, has really stepped up these last few rounds and has been really critical in shutting down sort of connections in that attacking end. How happy have you been with her growth in that wing D position? Yes, well, when she came, you know, I coached her a long, long time ago as an under-23 year old, and she, back then she was a wing D centre, and I think you would have played with her in Mystics, where she was more of that defensive midi, and I think it was just a positional change down in tactics. She's still a very, very handy wing attack, but um, I think the key for us has been her speed. She actually matches the Whitney's the Petitoyavas, and she can get to the space that they want to. She, I mean, it's really hard. A lot of people try and shut these two down, 
but they're so, they've got so much pace it's very difficult to get into the space before them but we feel that Simone has been able to do that and then get hand to ball. So it's kind of been a journey of getting her feel for the defensive stuff back again um, and then once she got it and I think, I can't remember exactly the game but it might have been that pulse game we had a pulse game where Ali had COVID and so did Amorangi and um, Simone played against Whitney and so did Holly and they both did a really good job on her. Holly gives us extra height at wing, wing defence if we need that um, cover but um, Simone gives us the speed and the other thing that she brings is through the attack. She really supports that attacking well and she puts Gina onto the circle edge um, which then helps our attack and that is a massive strength of this team is scoring our own ball so to have her backing that up and being a massive part of our attack is one of the other reasons that she gets the starting nod at times. Well, Kitty, it's been a phenomenal regular season. Uh, happy to put that all to bed now as we crack on to the business end of the final. I just quickly want to touch on uh, the Stars as a group. I mean, we can look across the board at each of these teams, but you just get a special feeling when you watch the Stars that everyone has each other's back. Where do you think that this trust and this harmony comes from? It's funny, you know, when I had um, Ali and Gina and a few others come into the team as newbies, Gina actually said to me, because did you, do you like psych test or something to bring the team together? Because they just clicked and I would love to say that it was all me and I sorted that all out, but actually it was a happy accident and, and they all just got on really well right from the start. And that has just grown. I think the time we've had together, the lows that we've been through together and the trust that we have, because people have been through some, and every team has it, people go through some really deeply personal stuff every year um, and that strengthens those ties. So it is a really special group. I really do hope that we can push through and go all the way this season because... Um, yeah, they've worked so hard together and they are really well connected and you sometimes you have teams and you're like, is this real or are we just kidding ourselves and we're just saying that because we want to feel that way? But um, this team definitely feels it. I think um, we were a little bit surprised about Mila kissing everybody on the lips after the <laughs> bonus point on Sunday night. We were like, what the heck, where did that come from? Oh, yes, they're very tight. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't surprised because... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? This is a whole new level. We, we've lost the game and we, we're giving each other a bloody good kiss. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> nah, really certifying that sisterhood. Uh, Kitty Wills, uh, tēnā te koe. Thank you so much and uh, all the best for this weekend. Really excited uh, to see how we go this weekend. All the best. Hey, thanks, guys, and thanks for having me on the show. Anytime, anytime. Thank you very much. Uh, that was Kitty Wills there, always refreshing to catch up with because, uh, especially head of business time in the big game. Uh, and that was thanks to our good friends at Vertical Logistics. Vertical logistics, like the logistics, like the it's a new word. Yeah. Lashics, yeah, um, it's a good one. The, the sausages, uh, proud partners <laughs> of the Northern Stars, and leading the way in personalising your freight services. Uh, we're going to get into uh, speaking of the business end, uh, potentially the final team of the week. Uh, stay tuned. It is almost eight thirty here on SCNZ. We'll be back in a sec. <laughs> 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 
Ben's got the pig and the music out, which only means one thing. We are at the business end of the ANZ Premiership season, and that means we are coming to an end of Storm's Team of the Week, the segment. Did you pick one last week? No, in my I didn't. Absence? I left, did it. I left uh... it. I left it. I thought, yeah, it would have been quite biased if I did it. Okay, yeah, fair. But, um, I, I think, should have just yeah. texted one through on my no, no, you know, I just thought, yeah, sick bed. We'll leave that to Storm. You know, this is Storm's segment, so we just moved on, skipped past it. Okay. But it is time for Storm's Team of the Week. Wee. The uh, segment where we get Storm to nominate her seven uh, from this round, round 12's ANZ Premiership Netball, and uh, an honorary MVP slash captain for the round. So Storm, I'm going to bring it back for the old days. Where would you like to start? Um, I will start at goal shoot again. All right. Yeah. All right. Nothing's changed. Well, Let's just because it's the, the boring changed. one for me. Yeah. Because, well, I've, I've gone Grace Mickey again. Okay. Um, over 50 goals in both matches. I just feel like if it's not going to be Grace, then another shooter needs to like really stand up yep. and be incredible for me to think that they played better in a round. So um, if I'm being purely like honest here and, and um, you know trying to be true to what this team of the round is, it's 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 Grace Wicky again. <laughs> well, it is it is damn near hard to falter, isn't it? And yeah. some of those balls that she just plucked out of the air from from Peter, I know we get used to it every week, but there was something in the Mystics water this weekend. So oh, reasonable and that stars game in particular. There was there were shots Gosh. of. Let me just paint the picture for you there at home. Eli Timu and Kalera Nawaitoso there, both hands up in the air yeah. in front of Grace's hands. Peter's we have a launches one. And then out of nowhere, Grace plucks it out. Threading it just, the needle. It doesn't make sense to me at oh, all. She defies physics, the combo. So oh, that's uh, very well justified. Goal attack this week. Gone with Tapia Selby-Rickett, who we were just talking about. Yes. Off air. Um, I think in both matches, just really skillful play, really stepped up in sort of understanding and owning her role as a goal attack. In the past, we've been critical of her trying to do too much, particularly outside the circle. Um, these last couple of rounds, I think her stats have just looked way more balanced and it's paying off for that um, tactics attacking end. So, we, yeah, go TP. We know that we always see TP's sort of relaxed nature, sort yeah. of easy going out there on the court, but she really knows how to step it up. Uh, <laughs> near the end of the season, Dame Knowles in attendance uh, for the game last night and she a uh, couple times glanced over and said, you seeing me? You seeing yeah. me do my... Work. Look at so, my fade uh, away. Yeah, once again, well justified, uh, tying <laughs> it up. But let's go down into wing attack. Yes, this is a new one for me, actually. I've gone with Kimi Poi. Um, Love it. For similar reasons, to yes. be honest, to TP. I just think um, really stepping up and owning that wing attack position and, you know, some of her numbers in terms of her feeds and lack of turnovers, super, super high. I think it would be like it's impossible to ignore that tactics attacking end over the past sort of two rounds. But these past two games in particular, taking the Mystics to ET, beating the Pulse by as much as they did. Uh, they're doing something right down there. And, yeah, as captain of that tactic side, she just, yeah, led by her actions and really stepped up. Another one that we've uh, talked about in the eye of Silver Fern contention, usually playing at centre, uh, playing at wing attack. If you did miss that, I caught up with her last week. Uh, head to the Centre Pass podcast channel, wherever you get your podcasts, but very refreshing uh, to see she settled in. Just uh, unfortunate that it had to happen at this end of the season. Uh, let's go down and centre the glue this week. I wanted to go Mila, Morelli Buchanan from the Stars, um, but I actually ended up going with Kate Heffernan. 
Uh, just because I'm kind of like every week I tell, I ask myself, what more can she do for this team? You know, like she's always the standout performer, always leading the way in every stat in terms of feeds, gains, everything from that centre position where you're really just supposed to be the link and just kind of supposed to be there as an outlet and to help the defence look good. She's kind of doing everything. Um, and... Yeah, I just I felt so sorry for her that they couldn't quite get that win in that game against the Magic, and it, it's been the case for what three or four games this season. These heartbreaking losses, but at the end of every game, I'm thinking, gosh, I mean, Kate Heffernan still played amazingly. So, yeah, she's my centre this week. Another player that sort of seems to me to almost be a little bit underlooked. I mean, in terms mm. of the steals results, but come World Cup time in South Africa, I think that really helps her case in terms of she's going to, for, for me, one of the standouts uh, going in, one to watch for sure in ah. South Africa and standing up after the season that the Steel have had, people are going to think, where has this come from? But totally. nothing new for Kate. Well, I think that's why I haven't really picked her because I've been like, I can't pick someone in this team of the round from a team who's constantly losing and losing by quite a lot. Uh, but these last couple of rounds, obviously the games have been closer and she's just really stood out no matter who's on the who's on the court. No, respect the call. Let's mm. uh, move on to wing defence this week. Wing D, interesting one possibly, but I went with Michaela Sokolic-Beetson. Um, she had virtually no stats in the Stars game. Clean stat board in terms of like pickups, intercepts, deflections or whatever. But all I remember from that game was how much of a nuisance she was to both Crampton and really Buchanan. Like she was on them like a rash and did a really good job at just disrupting the stars attacking in for most of that game. I think we even talked about it. I think we were texting during the game, mm. kids, like look at MSB just suffocating uh, the stars defensive end. And I couldn't believe that she had no stats to her name. So another, you know, just uh, an example of why stats don't tell the full story. Um, it was kind of the opposite in the tactics game last night. She had like three or four games, yeah. I think, which is hard to do as a wing D, but it just shows that she can do both and she can play both roles and, and do what she needs to do um, in a game plan for her side and man she's having a great season Yeah one of those players that I think yeah we were talking about it you can uh, get Tia Winokurea to say Mick I just need you to stay like glue on either Gina or Mila no in between and she'll do that for you and you're right it was amazing to watch and look down at the stats and see the clean slate for Mickey Sox I've been thinking she was my MVP yeah. being, being there just watching it in the flesh so definitely a case that I can be there for let's go in uh, to the defensive circle Let's start off at goal defence this week. Goal defence, I've gone Phoenix Kartika. Um, I know I'm like Karen Berger through and through every week, but obviously that defensive circle has been different for the tactics with her playing a bit of wing D, Kate Lloyd playing a bit of goal D, with Jane Watson being in and out. And I actually just thought, no, even regardless of all that, Fee actually has played some great netball and got critical gains in that tactics match towards the end. Did a really great job on both um, Maya and Amorangi working alongside Sulu Fitzpatrick to shut Maya Wilson out of that game. Amorangi did step up, but you know the, the Mystics did their job in terms of their defensive game plan there. And she doesn't shy away from getting the incredible specky intercepts that I love to yeah. watch. She's got the hops, she's got the speed. Um, yeah, so shout out to Fee, my goal D for the week. Yes, now just on that, on, on Phoenix Karaka, do you think that this is her best season, just in terms of versatility? Her game feels so complete. We saw her launching passes into Grace Wickey and then going down the other end and nicking them off off any wing attack or centre who wants to come into the circle. Do you think that this 
is potentially the best year we've seen of Fee? I think in terms of consistency, definitely. Like I look back, Phoenix and I played together at the Steel way back in sort of 2014, 2015, and they were our glory days, man. We used to laugh about how much we love playing with each other, and I was like, yeah, I just make you look good because she's just getting intercepts all <laughs> over the show. And I just think she's playing with that kind of freedom again. But now it's way more polished and it's consistent. So without a doubt, I think, yeah, this has been her best season. Fantastic. Let's uh, let's round it out this week and head down to goal keep. Kate Lloyd. Yes. yes. Oh, I'm so glad with this. Yes, I, great. I, love, I was hoping that you'd bring up Kate Lloyd. The surprise in my voice is is just genuine of like how much she surprised me this round. Um, I was getting kind of pissed off. Like I knew the tactics were managing minutes for Jane, but I thought, why would you not start her and just, you know, start with a bang mm. and take her off when you need to? Uh, but it just showed that I had no faith in Kate Lloyd like the tactics coaches did. And I was wrong. You know, she got into the head of Amelia Wormsley. Um, did a great job, came out for some great ball. And then when Jane Watson did come on, particularly in that Mystics match, she moved across to goal defence and I was thinking, gosh, don't break up the Karen mm. Berger-Jane Watson combo. But again, wrong. She did such an amazing job on Phil Devoe for that match. So I'm um, like, Kate Lloyd, secret weapon for the tactics. Uh, great to have her on your bench, in your side, and in the case of round 12, you know, starting. She did a great job. In a sense against a team like the pulse or against a team like the Mystics, who are very similar teams in terms of the goal attack almost acts as a third feeder. I think that having Kate Lloyd and Jane Watson in the defensive circle with Karen at wing defence, able to to sort of have a focus on Whitney or Maddie or or Taylor and Petter in the mystic sense, I think it's a fantastic idea. So I was so stoked when uh, they did did decide to make that decision and keep Kate Lloyd on the court, a player who's over these this weekend has really proved herself in saying, hey, look, I I can step in here and and play the role. Obviously not to the extent of Jane Watson and Karen Berger but when you open up that avenue to allow Karen to go on wing defence and not have to worry about the circle as much oh it was scary for me I just wish that it it happened earlier they found the click but it's the way it goes it just makes sense against the taller circles doesn't it when you've got your Graces and your Amelia's in the circle then of course get your three tallest players out in that defensive end and cause havoc so you're absolutely right it um, is a game plan that worked maybe they should have explored it earlier all right, now uh, it's oh, very, my captain, it, sorry. it saddens me to say that this is uh, going to be our last MVP. Yeah. So I don't think, Ben's giving me a look now there, I don't think it's really going to matter uh, who wins MVP this week. It's, it's pretty fair. He said maybe, so uh, let's hear it, Storm. Your I, I don't think it is going to happen because I think it's my first, the first time for this player, but I've gone with Michaela. Mickey Socks nice. beats it. Mickey Socks played yeah. out of her socks. Nice. Yeah, thank you very much. No, that was a very dry one. I was hoping I'd get a bottom there, but no no luck at all. But there we go. Uh, next week on Centre Pass and Focus. Thank you, Thank you very much. It wasn't Kelly. Nah, there we go. Um, this, uh, next week on Centre Pass, we will be taking a look through and we will be having a bit of a an awards night, I think we'll call it, where we will go through uh, those those teams that we mentioned earlier, the tactics, the steel and the magic, the teams that have been eliminated. We're almost going to give a sort of report card, I think we've discussed it to be, and also uh, our honorary captain slash MVP of the 2023 ANZ Premiership season. It's coming up quarter to nine here on SENZ. Don't go anywhere because we've got a whole lot more coming up after the short break.
Welcome back into Cinefast and Focus here on ECNZ. Myself, Karen Bingham, and the wonderful Storm Purvis is back in the house, and we have been firing as it is time for the elimination final in the ANZ Premiership. 12 rounds could not have gone faster at all, and just like that, we find the top three. So what we ended up seeing uh, over the weekend was the Mystics finish in that top spot, uh, meaning they have a week off now uh, ahead and bank themselves a spot in the grand final down in Hamilton. So the Mystics finish top on 36 points. Second place Pulse will play the third place Stars this weekend. And Storm, we've just caught up uh, before with Kitty Wills. If you did miss that chat uh, with the wonderful head coach of the Stars, go to our podcast channel and you can find that. And that was all thanks to Bedpost. Upgrade your sleep with a Bedpost and recharge your mind and body. Storm, what I thought we'd do here... I'm feeling, just quickly, talking through what's happening next and and where all the teams are, I am feeling a little bit cheated as a fan of this competition. Can I have a guess? Yeah. That that, that it's just the three teams? That it's just the three? And I know you're going to say, well, Storm, it's a six-team competition. It would be stupid if you had four teams make the final. But we've just witnessed the tactics beat the Pulse, take the Mystics to extra time, literally yesterday, and now they're out. They I'm don't have a it. chance again against the Stars, the Pulse, or the Tank, uh, or the Mystics. They're gone. How interesting. And, uh, you know, how much better would the competition be if we had a drawn-out final series? How about we propose, we propose this right now? Yep. So, hypothetically, so the Mystics finish first, top of the table. Instead of having a week off, they play fourth-place tactics. Yep. And then the Pulse and the Stars play. So we almost have a semi-final instead of the elimination yes. final, just to add in that fourth team. So whoever finishes first, instead of getting the week off, yes. they get to play the fourth place team. So hypothetically, yep. in, a, in a world where this season isn't as tight as it is, they technically have an easier chance of getting through than second place third. Or I'd go one better. Back in the day in the ANZ Championship, one and two used to play. Mm. So Mystics and Pulse theoretically would play. Whoever won that would go straight through to the final. Three and four would play, so Stars and Tactics would play. The loser of that would be out, and the winner would then play the Pulse. Oh, that's that's how you so do it. So the Pulse had a second chance. Bring it back. That was Bring great. That's an extra back. game in the final series. There we go. That, that, I that's just, what I want. I, I completely agree with you. I or, feel... <laughs> yes, let's go. No, no, keep doing. Keep or the digging. final. Let's just go best of three. We've seen everyone beat everyone so yes. far. If it comes down to a one-goal thriller in the grand final, and it's not the Mystics or whatever... And we're going, well, the Mystics beat the Pulse three times this season. I don't know if that's true, but just go with me here. Make it a best of three final series. Go all NBL, NBA on it. That's how deflated I felt last year. <laughs> the Stars deserved so much better in that grand final. And and we know that they just they just didn't turn up. And it was as simple as that. But use that as a test again. Game one, you know, use that as... We know, we know each other. We've played each other in the regular season, but this is different gravy. This is finals netball. Let's have this clash. Then we can go back. So say it's Wellington, Auckland, Wellington, you yes. know, or, or the other way around. You Depending know? on, I yeah. think, yeah, I completely agree with you. Double eight, double three. <laughs> Do we need to enhance the final series? Because of course there's I'm the a issue of uh, resources and money. I'm sure there's a million reasons why this doesn't happen. But, you know, in a dream why world, go we, with us. Why aren't we playing the ANZ Premiership on the moon? You know, let's do it. It should be that easy, right? Like, that's the, that's the length that we're scratching to. But no, all right, let's let's just focus in. Back look, on track, look, yes. we, we have been spoiled with uh, the competition this year in the ANZ Premiership, and that is where we are going with this, is that 
this has been arguably one of the greatest regular seasons that we've seen to date. Uh, just feels so bad saying that with the, with the steel looking at me from the bottom of the table, but we will move on to this weekend's game. The Pulse against the Stars, a rematch of last year's grand final. Just looking through, uh, sort of, we don't have the team sheets in front of us, but something predicted. Where are those sort of key matchups out of these two teams that you're really looking forward to? I think it'll be really interesting to see who Kitty Wills uh, starts with in that Stars defensive end because she's kind of mixed it up depending on who they're playing. Whether she's starting Kalira Nawai Tautau in at goalkeeper, whether she's gone with the Ali Timu Holly Fowler combination. I think given Amelia Wormsley has been such a threat this year for the Pulse, she's leading the way in terms of volume and that sort of linchpin in that uh, Pulse attacking end. I think she will start Calera and, you know, sort of want Calera to get into Amelia's head. We can, we've can we seen this season, Amelia's young, she's green, she gets rattled quite mm. easily. Uh, I think if Calera can do that early, then the stars, that's going to go a long way for the stars. On the other end, if Amelia can stand up to Calera from the get-go and, you know, show that she has grown, as we've all seen, so much in this competition, then that might be a waste of time and they're going to have to make that defensive switch. So for me, I really feel like that matchup, goal shoot, goal keep, pulse goal shoot, sorry, stars goal keep, regardless of who it is, is going to be the sort of key one to keep your eye on for the match early on. Um, and if they cancel each other out, then I guess you're going to look into the midcourt. I think both midcourts have been on fire this year. Yeah, just sticking in that shooter's end, and let's just focus on the pulse for a second. Storm, you've been to finals, not not as a shooter, but you've been to finals. <laughs> Thank and, God. And <laughs> you know what I've imagined that on game day. Storm, you're playing goal shoot today, eh? Uh, but just, just looking into that pulse circle, how much trust are you putting on Amelia Wormsley? I mean, I just I can't go past Tiana Maturo, the, the now experienced goal attack, the, the co-captain of the pulse, only putting up five shots. Is that acceptable in a grand final? I just... I I go round in circles with this argument because no, it probably isn't. But at the same time, it's kind of been working for the pulse. And We know how good she is at that shooter-to-shooter oh. pass, not taking away from that at all. No one is better at Tiana than bringing her goal shoot into the game. And when you've got a young 19-year-old shooter who's learning the ropes and throwing in there, and you know we've heard Yvette McClaws and Jerry talk about how nervous Amelia is before matches and how she beats herself up and whatnot, I feel like... Uh, Tiana is doing a really good job at lifting the confidence of Amelia and if that's sort of the one thing she wants to achieve for a match then so be it who cares that her numbers are low Uh, but at the same time in a grand final situation if you're up against defenders that know what they're doing and stick to their game plan well then you're going to need Tiana to step up and and lift that load so uh, I don't know I don't think it's it's the end of the world I don't think Dame Nolan Toto will be loving it, to be honest, if we're thinking of a selection point of view for mm. the Silver Ferns. But at the same time, this is all about them doing what they need to do to get the win in this particular team. And I think number one job for Tiana is bringing Amelia into the game. Looking into the midcourt now, and we will just have a little focus on the stars here, we have seen the red-hot form of Melaria Buchanan and Gina Crampton firing on all cylinders as it has been. Do you think that the the Pulse with their dynamic defence, the Famu Ioannis, the, the Maddie Gordons and the Whitney Soonis, how confident are you uh, in them slowing up the Stars' attack or is it a matter of Gina and Mila have a stunner and, and break through that midcourt? I think they're going to cancel each other out a yeah. little bit. I think that midcourt battle is going to be so intense and I would love nothing more to see both of them sort of winning in what they do. So, I don't know, too too hard to pick that one, Kirsten. Uh, I think all across, <laughs> you can you can match it up, shooter to shooter, uh, goal keep to goal keep. It, 
it's it's very exciting to see what's going to happen in this grand final rematch. Very quickly, Storm, little prediction for me. What, Ben, who was that? <laughs> who was that? Anyway. Yes, uh, that's yeah, saving me from answering this question. Oh! Five seconds, five seconds. Um, 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 stars by two. Yep, we'll see you next week. Catch.